Hello, my name is Farron Glanfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. COVID-19 is on the rise again in Ireland and that is alarming. And we've been asked by the government to close our churches for Sunday worship. And I know that's disheartening to so many of our people. During the first lockdown, which lasted for nearly three months, uh, we used online services to great effect. And so at this time, uh, we've asked our parishes to go online. Many of them are doing that. And the diocese itself will be conducting services online. And so the series of services, which I hope you will enjoy, uh, will be compilations of live streams that took place when we were able to go to church in uh, the summer months uh, and also taken by clergy and uh, lay people uh, in their own churches uh, at this time when we're closed. At a time like this we need to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. In the Psalms we read, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so we pray for ourselves and we pray for the needs of our community and our country and the world at this time. In the strong name of Jesus. God bless. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. So our first hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. Number six in the Red Hymn Book, or you should see the words on the screen.
Reverend Linda here from the South Leitrim Group of Parishes and I thought it was about time that me and Willie came back and said a hello to you all. Are you going to say hello Willie? You're not? Oh dear, is something up? It is. I wonder boys and girls, what could that be? Can you think? Well, let me have a look. What have you got down here, Wooly? You've got a suitcase. Oh dear. I wonder, can you tell me what that's all about? Oh dear, boys and girls, he said he's leaving home. He's had enough. Oh dear, Wooly, you had enough of who? Me! You've had enough of me! Oh dear, boys and girls, have you found that, that sometimes in your house at the moment you can get a bit upset with one another? Because isn't it hard? We're not allowed to go out and see anybody else. Oh, Wooly's asking me something. What have I got behind my back? Oh, do you want to see, boys and girls, what I have got? Oh, Wooly wants to know why I've got my suitcase too. Well, Wooly, it might surprise you to know, but I've had enough of you too. Oh. Dear boys and girls, are you finding that? Isn't it hard? And I think that if you ask your mums and dads, they might be finding it hard as well. But the fact is, boys and girls, and you, Wooly, that none of us can leave home at the moment because don't we have to stay in and stay safe? We all in the confines of our home, Wooly, have to learn what it says in the Bible, to love one another, to have patience with one another and to forgive one another. Isn't that right? And sometimes that is easier said than done. And do you know, Wooly, some people are at home alone. They literally have no one to talk to. And those people would be very glad to have someone who would say hello or good morning or what shall we do today. So boys and girls, we have just popped in to say that we love you and that we're really missing you too. But we all have to learn to love one another and to forgive one another, even at home, whether that be boys and girls or mums and dads. So Wooly, that's it. I'm afraid you're going to have to put your suitcase away. And I'm going to have to put my suitcase away. And I think, boys and girls, that what we will have to do now is say a prayer 
and ask Jesus to help us all. Isn't that right? Okay, so let's all close our eyes and be very quiet for a moment. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the boys and girls and the moms and dads that are watching. We know, Lord Jesus, that sometimes it's hard when we're stuck all together for a long time. Please help us to know your love. Help us to practice loving one another, forgiving one another, and enjoying one another's company. And we say a special prayer to Lord for all those people who are really all alone at home, that they may know that you love them and that we love them too. Amen. So that's it, Willie. I guess we better get off home now and practice what we've been telling the boys and girls. Isn't that right? To love one another and care for one another and forgive one another. So Willie, I better say to you, I'm really sorry if I've upset you and I've annoyed you at times. Oh, thank you, you forgive me. And have you anything to say? Willie? You're sorry too. Well, there we are. So that's it, boys and girls. We hope to be back and see you soon. But in the meantime, stay safe, take care, God bless, and bye-bye for now. John chapter 1 verse 8 reminds us, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I don't think I'll ever get over that little word, all. It's a wonderful word, isn't it? That everything, everything wrong we've done can be totally forgiven when we say sorry to Almighty God. But we need to do that. We need to come to him and say sorry. And we can do that in the words of the confession uh, that you can see on the screen in front of you. So together we pray.
Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Well, because the Lord Jesus died for us, he paid the price in full, we can be forgiven for all of our sin. And so I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 12, beginning at verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Here ends the reading. Good morning everybody it's great to be with you again uh, this morning and uh, let's just pray uh, together as we look at God's Word Heavenly Father thank you for your word to us we thank you that it's alive it's active and it's fresh every day and so we pray today by the power of your spirit you would come and teach us encourage us instruct us in Jesus name I pray Amen this morning we're going to be looking at the whole idea of being together. Maybe a funny uh, talk when we're separated by this pandemic. Let me start by saying most of us, I think if, if you're being honest and I'm being honest this morning, we have a desire to see our lives, our families, our work, schoolwork or college work move forward. But here's the truth. All of the dreams, all of the visions, all of the goals, all of the hopes and resolutions aren't going to happen unless we understand and put into practice the topic of today's message. Many have tried and failed when they don't get this one area in order. 
And the area I'm talking about is the community that you surround yourself with. I'm talking of your circle, your team, your crew, your squad, your church community. And if you're going to move forward, it's going to be because of the community that you surround yourself with. Here's my illustration and you will have your own. Most of you know, those who, who come to the church regularly will know that I love to, to grow dahlias. And I like to show them, but I was going nowhere as I grew dahlias years ago until the day I surrounded myself with people who have now become my friends, but who knew how to grow and to show dahlias to a high standard. My standard has improved greatly. It still has a long way to go. But I keep working with those people that I surrounded myself with to teach me how to do it better. And even this year, even though we, we didn't have shows, I was learning from these guys. You pick up tips every now and again. But here's a more important aspect. That was just a simple illustration to show you how to surround yourself with a team in whatever you're doing. But as I look back over my life, I have noted one key observation. And what I found in that exercise that was at each key point of my life, I found God had put strategic people into my life to help speak wisdom and direction as well as provide the needed resource and strategy for the next level. I think of people like my parents, I think of people like my church pastors, those who I worked with. All the major key moments of my life, like my purpose and calling, where to go to college, who to marry, major career moves, even geographic moves, financial moves and more, were hugely impacted because of an individual or a group of people that God had placed into my life. And you could say I'm the product of the collective. The success I've experienced in my life came from the community of the church. I've advanced over the years because of my circle and the people that have been in my world. Our world will reflect the company we keep and the community we walk with. Which is why it's so crucial that we get connected and planted into the family of God. Who are you walking with this year? And this has been a difficult year, but we need to be walking with community, however we do it. Do you want to advance? Then it will be together. Let's look at five ways that church community advances your life and advances my life. The first point is this, it provides purpose. In the passage of scripture that we've just read from 1 Corinthians 12, it articulates the value and purpose and how unique and different it is. But each of us has a specific purpose and function and role that we play within the body. Which means that my purpose is discovered and highlighted within the context of the bigger community I'm connected to. I'm not suggesting that to find your purpose everyone has to quit their job and come and work for the church to be a part of the body. I am saying that to be the body of Christ in your city, in your village, in your street, it requires each part of the church to play its part. 
And that day job that you have, it takes on a more value when you realize that you are part of the larger plan that God is working out on earth. For some, you may feel called to a primary or full-time focus on pastoral ministry. But for most people, their ministry is out in the marketplace. So let me ask you this very personal question. How many of your workmates, how many of your classmates, how many of your friends, how many members of your social community know that you are a Christian? Have you ever shared that with them? Friends, time is short. We, we have no idea what time is left to any one of us, but time is short. Let's share Jesus with those where God has placed us. Another way the church community has can advance our life, it calls me beyond where I am. Our, our natural tendency as human beings is to stand still and settle or slip backwards into old ways of, of living and of habits. But when you're connected into the family of God, you'll find your life continuing to progress even when you're not feeling like it. Do you ever see those horse-drawn horse -drawn carriages, stagecoaches, multiple horses, maybe four, tied together to pull the coach? And if you're a horse and you're tied to the other horses, then whether you're feeling like running that day or not, you'd better run or, or you will get dragged into the ground. And while that won't happen in the church, there's a powerful principle there that we need to grab onto. If you want to advance, keep yourself serving and connected on teams and to the church family, because you want to keep your life in the space where there's a level of demand put on your time and energy so that it forces you to keep moving forward on the days that you don't feel like running at all. But then it's not just about you running when you don't want to, but consider the reality that there will be days when your friends at church won't feel like running. And that's when you get the chance to do the running for them. Also being part of the church community and how it has advanced our lives, it exposes blind spots and pitfalls. And as we're moving forward and taking ground in life, there's going to be the potential for things to cause us to slip or to get tripped up in life. But the key is to have the right circle around you and be able to see and give you insight about the areas that you cannot see yourself. The key here is that you stay committed to not being offended when that correction and challenge does come your way. But someone who invites input and correction into your life. And then most importantly, be someone who listens and applies that wisdom. You have to let people close enough to you to see stuff. And as a staff team here at the church, we have that openness. We also see where it brings joy to one's life. The world we live in is currently in one of the most connected from a technology point of view, but it is also the most lonely from a relationship point of view. 
And the community that we get connected to is for the advancement of all that, but also just simple about connection and relationships. Our lives are more rich and full when we have great friends in our world to do life with. And finally, it helps me to overcome and find victory. The community of the church that God has put me in and put you in picks you up or picks me up when I fall. And as aware, throws a party when we cross the finish line of victory. To overcome, I need you and you need me. Don't think of the church community as a bunker to retreat to, but a team, a family to charge the enemy lines with. But to walk in freedom, you'll need the family, your brothers and sisters in Christ. We will only advance if we are willing to allow others to speak into our lives. Do you need wisdom for your marriage? It's in the house. Do you need insight for your business? It's in the collective. Do you need relationship help? It's in the community. Do you need freedom? It's in the body of Christ. Do you feel overwhelmed by your sin? The community of Christ is here to point you to Christ. Are you trapped in addictions or old ways of living? Breaking change is the speciality of the community. As I close this morning, I fully believe your next breakthrough, your next level of freedom, growth, or whatever it is, is found within the community. The strengths and the gifts you need to break out of where you are is in the coming together in the body of Christ. Community holds the ingredients for your freedom and breakthrough. And someone else's freedom is going to happen through God's gift in you. What's been holding you back from getting planted and connected in your local church? And I know probably on the tip of your tongue you're saying now COVID-19 has stopped. But maybe you've had a bad experience with a church or even a church leader or a church member and you feel bitter and you feel tired and you just don't want to go there. But friends, can I say this? If you're not connected, this is a huge and first step to take. Get connected into your local church community. And then find a team you can volunteer with. And get yourself into a small group. Plant yourself there. And don't move or don't leave for anyone or anything. We need community. You need to be in community. I need to be in the community. I need you in the community and you need me in the community. So friends, let's work at this. It's been a difficult year, I know. But let's get into community together. Let's get into small groups. We can do it through, through technological means. It's not the best. But 20 years ago, we wouldn't have even had this opportunity. Some of you have got tired of being online. And I can understand that. Some of you got tired even watching uh, services online. 
And friends, we need to be in community. We need to get closer to God. We need to be close. Jesus wants to come close to us. And one of the best ways of doing that, not only through getting immersed in his word, but being together in community. May God bless you as you consider what community is God wants you to get connected to this coming week. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the gift of community. You've given us the gift that you want us to be together. Lord, help us not to be foolhardy and think we can make this life on our own without any help from anybody. But help us to get connected into the church community and serve you there. And by your example and my example, we'd be able to draw others into that knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And they too would find community because you have been part of community. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. One of the traditions that we have in this church is that we uh, uh, every Sunday speak out what we believe and I think that that really warms Christ's heart, warms the Father's heart and warms the Holy Spirit's heart as well and grows our faith if our words spoken out loud are accompanied by faith. And so 
Do you believe and trust in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe in uh, and trust in his Son, Jesus Christ, who redeemed us all? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God? I believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We turn now to uh, that same family, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. And so, Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing truth in this little verse of Scripture that by grace through faith we are positioned in God the Father and also in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that we are safe in your hands and that nothing in heaven or above or the earth beneath can separate us from the love of God, which is ours by faith in Christ our Lord. And with that truth in mind, we pray for our nation at this time, particularly our leaders, as they seek to respond in a way that keeps everyone physically safe from this COVID-19 virus. We pray uh, that you would grant them your wisdom and that that same assurance that is offered to everyone would be theirs as well. And thank you that we have peace at times like these with you, Lord God, through faith and access to the peace of God in our heart. Thank you for the lives and faithful witnesses of men like Paul, Silas, and Timothy that we can look to as inspirations. We pray that we would fulfill your will for our lives in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder we gain from the lives of that church in Thessalonica, whose work of faith, labor of love, and steadfast hope in the Lord Jesus Christ is an example to us all of godly living that honors you. We pray that we may grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Savior, and do all this for your greater praise and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And loving Father, we long to walk in spirit and truth in the power of your Holy Spirit, so that in some ways we decrease in our own importance and Christ increases in our lives to become all in all. And may the joy of the Lord be our strength in all difficulties and trials of life. We remember particularly those that are going through difficulties at this time, those in hospital, those who have been recently bereaved, those whose work uh, uh, and relationships are uncertain. We pray that we would look to you afresh and look for inspiration so that others could see you at work in us and may be drawn to you as a result. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
And finally, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great and precious promises that are contained in Scripture. Thank you that we've been saved, as Malcolm says, by grace through faith in Christ from the trap of sin, and that one day we will be with you in heaven. Thank you that Christ took the full force of that judgment against our sins on the cross of Calvary. And may we never forget what it cost our Savior to be your sacrificial lamb and my sin substitute. He alone is worthy of all praise and thanksgiving, in whose name we pray. Amen. And we conclude our time of prayer together with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Let us pray. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. God bless you.